happening. Our top story tonight, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is getting hype out of training camp. We knew this was going to happen. He is an elite mover. He has elite speed. And of course, those types of players show out in training camp, show out when we have no pads on. And David Montgomery is a little bit banged up. So Jameer Gibbs is getting even more work. We're going to break down the case for Jameer Gibbs to be the RB2 in Dynasty and more on Player Profiler today. Happy to have everyone here on the show tonight, and happy Pride to everyone out there June 1st, so happy Pride, hope you're celebrating, be responsible, but we also know that Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs is controversial, to say the least. Jameer Gibbs was overdrafted, a running back at 12, not the best investment, but we got our first look at Jameer Gibbs just yesterday, and he looked pretty good, if I do say so myself. But again, we knew he would. It's short season. This is the time of year where players of Jameer Gibbs' caliber, his athleticism, his everything about Jameer Gibbs, this is the type of time of year where he truly shines. And just look at him, Jameer Gibbs catching the screen pass, and that's it. That's the little clip, but it was enough to get the fans excited. And, of course, it was enough to make some people mad. You see here the pass, oh, it's slightly behind him. No, that's how a screen pass works. Tell me you don't know what football is without telling me you don't know what football is. But, Jameer Gibbs, this is the one clip we have seen so far. We got some pictures. Jameer Gibbs, he looks good. But we knew he would. But where does Jameer Gibbs fall in Dynasty? That is a very important question. Because Jameer Gibbs, he is smaller than we like for an RB1 in Dynasty. He's smaller than Bijan. Bijan has feature back size. He's smaller than Brees Hall. Smaller than Ken Walker. All these guys have the workhorse size and skill set. Whereas Jameer Gibbs... He does not. He is an outlier at 199 pounds, but he's also an outlier having been drafted at 12th overall. And we said before the draft, well, there's only really two running backs recently that have performed as an RB1 at that size, and they're both outliers. Christian McCaffrey, he was drafted 10th overall. Austin Eckler, he's the other guy, and he was an undrafted free agent. He's an outlier making it as far as he did. And the size is part of that. But now, Jameer Gibbs is an outlier too. Jameer Gibbs going 12th overall. We have seen that not very often in the past 10 years. We got Saquon. We got Leonard Fournette. We got Christian McCaffrey. We got Ezekiel Elliott. We got Todd Gurley. And we have Melvin Gordon. We have six running backs drafted within the top 15 over the past 10 years. And... They've all been pretty damn good for fantasy football purposes. Saquon Barkley, he was the RB3. He was the RB7. He was the RB5. Three out of five seasons, Saquon was an RB1. He was the RB27 in 2021, coming off the ACL, dealing with a high ankle sprain. But we even saw flashes before the high ankle sprain. We talked about that yesterday. Go watch yesterday's episode if you haven't. But 
Saquon Barkley balled out. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, RB7, RB12, RB9, RB33, RB3, and RB12. So five out of six seasons for Leonard Fournette, he has been an RB1. Christian McCaffrey, RB12, RB2, RB1, RB2. The two years that he didn't qualify for points per game, he scored 30.1 points per game. That was in just three games. And then he had an 18.2 points per game performance over seven games. It still didn't qualify, but those are RB1 numbers as well. Outliers. Ezekiel Elliott, RB3, RB3, RB6, RB5. The first four seasons of Ezekiel Elliott's career, he was an RB1 every year. And then he slipped the past couple of years, RB14, RB15, RB22. Before that, Todd Gurley, three out of six years for Todd Gurley before the knee fell off. RB5, RB21, RB1, RB1, and then he drops RB17, RB30. But three out of the first four years for Todd Gurley, he was an RB1. Melvin Gordon, first year in the league, he was RB49, didn't score a touchdown. That was the year Danny Woodhead scored a bunch of touchdowns, which no one would expect. But then he was the RB5, then he was the RB6, RB5, dropped down to RB14, RB22, RB21, RB39. But Melvin Gordon had a run too. Melvin Gordon, out of his first four years, an RB1 three times. That's what happens when you get this draft capital, when you are drafted in this top 15. The opportunity is there. It is handed to you. So how much opportunity are we going to see from Jameer Gibbs? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the injury finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, we also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's five bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. Love the Injury Finder. Absolutely love the Injury Finder. And we love Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is built like a running back that we enjoy at Player Profiler. We wish he was a little bit bigger, but the pass catching, the speed, the explosiveness, the agility, check, 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 check. So Jameer Gibbs is going to have multiple RB1 seasons. We've seen that from everyone that we talked about. Out of those six running backs that were drafted inside the top 15 over the past 10 years, they've had at least three RB1 seasons. It's going to happen for Jameer Gibbs. Might happen this year. David Montgomery is going to see the goal line touches. David Montgomery is going to siphon work away from Jameer Gibbs. That will be the case for Jameer Gibbs to not be an RB1 this year. But David Montgomery wasn't practicing today. David Montgomery missed practice. Jameer Gibbs got even more work with the ones. And if he continues to flash, 
of course, we're never going to reach a world where Jameer Gibbs is seeing 60% of the opportunity. But if he did, the Podfather and Billy did the math. If we give Jameer Gibbs 60% of the opportunity for the Detroit Lions, he's the RB3 in our projection. Jameer Gibbs is damn good. The more touches he can command, the better. But this is the question. How many touches are we going to see for Jameer Gibbs? What is the breakdown going to be? Is it going to be 60% David Montgomery? 40% Jameer Gibbs? Is it going to be 50-50? Because it's unlikely, again, that Jameer Gibbs cracks that 60%. I don't see a way unless David Montgomery is injured. But he's already injured. We don't know with what. So keep an eye on it. And if this does happen, if Jameer Gibbs finishes the as the RB3, if Jameer Gibbs gets 60% of the opportunity, how do you not have him as the RB2 unless Brees Hall finishes as the RB1 or 2? Right? Because Bijan, I don't know if there's anything Jameer Gibbs could do this year to become the RB1 in Dynasty. I really don't. He would have to have an extraordinary year and Bijan would have to have essentially bust, be disappointing. I don't see it happening. Bijan is just that protected with the workload he's going to see and the draft capital and the athleticism and all that. Bijan is just, there's no way that Jameer Gibbs passes him, but he could pass Brees Hall. Probably should already be past Kenneth Walker. Who else do you have above Jameer Gibbs in Dynasty right now at the running back position? It's Brees Hall and it's Jameer Gibbs. And if Jameer Gibbs outperforms Brees Hall coming off the ACL, there's going to be a case to be made. Brees Hall is bigger. Brees Hall will have to see the explosiveness coming off the ACL, but the speed score obviously was in Brees Hall's corner before the injury. The size is in Brees Hall. He's got the bell cow profile, but that's it. It's Jameer Gibbs versus Brees Hall to be the RB2 in Dynasty. And there's a good chance that Jameer Gibbs, not saying a great chance, but Jameer Gibbs could very well end up as the RB2 in Dynasty at the end of the year. I will say, though, the one interesting thing and the one negative here is we talk about over the last 10 years, if we go to 11 years, then we get Trent Richardson. And if we go past that, we get Ryan Matthews, we get CJ Spiller. So it's not a guarantee that just because you're drafted inside the top 15, you're going to be elite. But even then, we had an RB1 season from Trent Richardson. We had an RB1 season from CJ Spiller. It happened. Might not get the longevity, but we're going to be fine. Jameer Gibbs, he's a good pick in Dynasty. He's going to be on RB1 in fantasy football. I can't guarantee you it's going to happen this year, but it is going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how often and how long, but history says we're going to get at least three RB1 seasons from Jameer Gibbs. And if that's the case, who's saying no? But before we get to more news around the NFL, we are going to pass it on over to the Podfather. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February 
And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Go do it. Go sign up for the FFPC today. And if you're drafting on the FFPC, where are you taking DeAndre Hopkins? And where is DeAndre Hopkins even going to land? I don't have a clue right now. And part of that is because we're hearing new teams in the mix. The Houston Texans are interested in DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is interested in the Houston Texans. He actually already visited the Texans this week. He was home in Houston. visited the team and apparently DeAndre Hopkins really likes CJ Stroud. We know he said he wants to play for a contender. The bills and the chiefs are the favorites, but could the Texans be in on DeAndre Hopkins and don't rule out the Patriots either. I know there's the bill O'Brien feud. I know it's unlikely. I don't expect it to happen. I can't see that bridge being mended between bill O'Brien or DeAndre Hopkins, but maybe it could be. I've seen a lot of bridges mended lately, a lot of burnt bridges healed through the passing of time and some circumstances. And really, life is too short to keep those bridges burned. So maybe DeAndre Hopkins extends an olive branch, learns to forgive Bill O'Brien, and they reconnect. Don't rule it out. I'm not saying it's likely, but they're in the mix. They were third in odds yesterday. Seems as though they're one of the four big teams. The Texans, surprisingly. I guess five, because we'll throw the Ravens in there. But Patriots, Texans, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs. Seems like those are the big five. In on DeAndre Hopkins, not the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy says that they really like their group. Same answer that the Jets gave. They're out on DeAndre Hopkins. And it sounds as though the Cowboys are happy with Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert is taking the year two jump, according to Mike McCarthy. We'll see. But as you know, player profiler was big on Jalen Tolbert last year. We had high hopes. He absolutely destroyed our high hopes, but never say never in the NFL. And never say never when it comes to Puka Nakua and the Los Angeles Rams. Puka Nakua has been showing out. He is playing all three wide receiver positions because right now Ben Skoranek not practicing at X. Right now, Cooper Cup, the wide receiver one, not practicing at slot. And Puka Nakua, he looks like an obvious replacement for Robert Woods. He's already wearing the number 17 that Robert Woods did. It's going to be the one-for-one replacement. That's who Puka Nakua is going to be. I still prefer Xavier Hutchinson. And remember, you get one day three wide receiver per class. Last year was Kyle Phillips. This year, it's Xavier Hutchinson. But... If I'm wrong, it's because Puka Nakua breaks out, gets some work for the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to be involved in this offense. I think he's going to beat out Tutu Atwell, who's getting a little bit of hype today. (laughs) Ben Skoranek, not really a threat. Wide receiver, plays some fullback, ridiculous. Lance McCutcheon, not as much of a threat. So 
Puka Nakua, keep an eye out. He's gaining some steam. I won't be surprised if he's working with the first-team offense this year. Same with Michael Mayer and the Las Vegas Raiders. He's getting some hype. He is everything that they thought he was. Apparently, Michael Mayer already taking a leadership role among the team and already over the rookies. Michael Mayer is that guy, which isn't a surprise. Tyree Wilson, we didn't hear reports that he was that leadership guy. But Michael Mayer, the second-round pick for the Raiders, he's going to be the starting tight end one probably by week one. Maybe it'll take a little bit longer, but he's going to be starting tight end early. And he's already... He's already a leader for the team. He's going to Michael Mayer is going to be a captain for the Raiders within the next three years. I'm telling you now that is something that is going to happen. And the Raiders don't want you to be worried about Jimmy G. They are reportedly experiencing no anxiety about the situation about the foot. Remember last year, Josh Jacobs didn't spend a whole lot of time practicing throughout OTAs in the summer. And Josh McDaniels isn't worried about it. So, no worries about Josh Jimmy G's foot. We'll see. Obviously, there are some worries. There is no backup plan. It'd have to be Carson Wentz. Maybe they trade for Jameis Winston, who believes he's still a starting quarterback. But by all accounts, the Raiders believe Jimmy G will be the one throwing to Michael Mayer come September. And we have some other updates around the NFL. We got our first look at DeAndre Swift, Agent Zero for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he looks too good. The the zero is going to revolutionize the NFL. Just so much swag in just one single number. Is zero a number? I actually don't know. Anyways, zero. It's probably a number, but maybe it's the planet thing like Pluto. I don't know. But I do know DeAndre Swift looks cold as hell. Looks hit DeAndre Swift in number zero. I got to admit, he looks better than Jameer Gibbs in number 26. That is just a fact. It's not something I am happy to report, but DeAndre Swift looks cold as hell. And apparently Elijah Moore is looking cold as hell. Elijah Moore is a focal point for the Cleveland Browns right now. Some of the things that have been talked about from the Browns OTAs, what they're trying to do, the three big takeaways. They are getting more aggressive on defense. That's no surprise. They have Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator now. So that's takeaway number one, aggressive blitzing defense. Takeaway number two is a faster-paced offense, more willing to throw it. And takeaway number three is kind of a a sub-takeaway from number two that with this fast-paced offense, with this spread offense, Elijah Moore is getting fed early and often. Elijah Moore looks like he's going to be the wide receiver too behind Amari Cooper. And if the Browns end up passing the way we're expecting them to, the way that's being talked about, Elijah Moore could end up being a real value in fantasy football and could have some real juice, both in best ball and in regular drafts. Elijah Moore could be a guy that we're starting every single week. And Speaking of starting every single week, the Bears. The Bears are already talking about it. Khalil Herbert has already admitted it. This is a committee. And what that tells me is Khalil Herbert has seen Roshan Johnson at camp and knows this guy's him. He's better than I am. So it's going to be a committee because it has to be. 
because I can't compete and I'm not going to admit that I'm a backup. So it's a committee now because you know that Khalil Herbert's not saying that about Dante Foreman, who's not even practicing right now. Interesting, but Khalil Herbert isn't afraid of Dante Foreman. If he's saying this is going to be a committee backfield, it's because he's afraid of Roshan Johnson. And that's a good thing if you're a Roshan Johnson GM. And if you're a Liv Hiska Chenault GM, as many of us are, just can't let him go off of our deep dynasty leagues. LaVisca Chenault getting some hype. We have reached the phase of the offseason where player X is Debo Samuel. You know this happens every year. It's the same as running back or tight end Y are going to be playing in the slot. It is the same as wide receiver X is going to be used like Debo Samuel. And granted, if anyone's going to do it, LaVisca Chenault, pretty good choice. Did a lot of it in college at Colorado. So I'd love to see Frank Reich actually execute this. I'm just not going to hold my breath because this never happens. It's just that type of year. Everyone is Debo Samuel. Everyone's playing in the slot. Everyone is in the best shape of their careers. Except DJ Chark. DJ Chark, he's healing. But DJ Chark, he's still still dealing with his ankle injury. He's involved in the walkthrough. He's doing some individual drills on air, but he's not doing competitive drills. They're going to wait for next week for that. Or... They might just hold him off until training camp. They might not have DJ Chark actually practice against the defense. Same with Hayden Hurst. He's dealing with a sports hernia. He is recovering from that. We'll do some drills on air tomorrow alongside DJ Chark, but we'll see if either of them actually practice against the defense. And we've got some tight end news. Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich. He was a little bit at risk. Earlier this offseason, just a couple weeks ago, Sean Payton was not gushing about Greg Dolchich. He did not seem particularly happy about Greg Dolchich. Just his comments, didn't seem to believe. Then he goes out and trades for Adam Troutman. But now today, says Greg Dolchich had his best practice yet. And then goes a step further and starts comparing Greg Dolchich to Jason Witten, to Jeremy Shockey, to Jimmy Graham, saying that, He's worked with some great tight ends, and they play this joker role. There's two tight end roles that they have. There's the Y tight end, the blocking, and then there's the joker that Jimmy Graham played, that Jeremy Shockey played, that Jason Witten played at times with the Dallas Cowboys. But Sean Payton has also said that joker role can be a running back too. The stuff they did with Alvin Kamara and with Reggie Bush. So <laughs> when you're getting Greg Dolchich, Compared to Jason Witten, Jeremy Shockey, Jimmy Graham, Reggie Bush, and Alvin Kamara. I think that's a pretty good thing. I think Greg Dolchich is safe once again. He might finish as a tight end one. Gonna finish as a tight end two more likely. But he's not gonna be irrelevant. And that's something we were just a little bit worried about. Finally though, our final tight end news of the day comes from Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is leaving undisputed with Skip Bayless. He is leaving FS1, owned by Fox, reaches a buyout with the company. His final undisputed show with Skip Bayless will be after the NBA Finals. And good for Shannon Sharp for getting free from Skip Bayless. Now, Shannon, liking tweets saying that this is a mistake by Fox and that Skip was jealous, and that's why some of the pot shots started happening on show where Skip Bayless would just make absurd comments just to piss off Shannon Sharp. But this is a good thing 
that Shannon Sharp is going out on his own. It's unfortunate that Fox has decided to go with Skip Bayless because that means we're going to have some other host with Skip Bayless and it's going to be pointless because like I said, network TV is awful. It is making a lot of people dumber, especially in the sports world. And Skip Bayless is responsible for making more sports fans dumber than anyone else on earth. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.